For most human beings, what to do with our hands is an issue. Until we need an opposing thumb to pick something up, our hands have the social utility of an inflamed appendix. Once upon a time, we busied them by smoking. Bogart and Bacall taught us how to do this with style. Now that that has been declared unhealthy and a universal stigma, we employ our idle fingers fondling our cell phones. It is what Sophia, my new legal assistant, is doing as I watch her sitting on the couch in my office. She is off to the side and behind my client, an older woman who is pouring out her soul, the painful details of her legal problems, from the client chair across from me. Sophia's attention is riveted on the small screen in her hand. A tiny charm dangles from the cell phone on a chain plugged into the iPhone's headphone jack. The charm, a minuscule chrome copy of the Eiffel Tower, signifies dreams of future travel. If she can stay on track between work and school, Sophia has already given me notice. She plans a trip to Paris with friends next summer. Ah, to be young and free and utterly cavalier concerning assurances for continued employment. Sophia came to us bearing three impressive letters of recommendation from social heavyweights in the community. I had to wonder how she knew these people. When I asked, she didn't bat an eye. Instead, she admitted that she had never met any of them, and that, in fact, a mutual friend whom she did know and who ran in their circles, a person she had been acquainted with for some time, had requested the endorsements on her behalf. She offered nothing regarding the identity of this individual, and I didn't ask. The letters were very carefully crafted. None of them actually stated that they knew her. Instead, they relied on her academic record and her reputation for hard work. I was impressed by Sophia's honesty, that she didn't lie about it. That, and the fact that there was just something about her. Her thumbs work on overdrive, enough speed to type out a Ph.D. thesis. I can be pretty sure she is not tapping out a transcript of my client's words. It's probably a text message confirming a date for tonight. Sophia is our latest hire, a paralegal sidetracked on her way to law school, a hiatus to earn money and get some experience. She is 26 years old, and her real name is Sadie Leone. Someone, I think it was her father, tagged her with the nickname Sophia, and it stuck. She is the spitting image of a young Sophia Loren. Tall, stately, beautiful, a little ungainly, like an adolescent doe. She is learning how to fend off the insecurities of youth, but still needs to hide on occasion behind the refuge of her phone. For me, she is becoming an emotional stand-in for my daughter Sarah, who for the moment at least, is living in Los Angeles. Jocelyn, my better half, has already taken Sophia under her wing. They spend a good amount of time laughing together. I suspect some of it is at my expense. Sophia's hire, along with several others, was made possible by a huge financial windfall from our last case, like winning the lottery. Harry Hines, who is my law partner, and I have netted millions. We have yet to stop counting it all. The money pours into our business account, and from there into a burgeoning investment portfolio. It is the result of a federal whistleblower statute. With the help of our client, 
we were able to identify a small brigade of offshore tax cheats, some of whom were hiding millions in secret numbered bank accounts overseas, to be specific, Switzerland. The IRS and the Treasury Department rewarded our client, and he, in turn, showered us with enough money in the form of fees for Harry and me to retire. But we didn't. Instead, we doubled down, hired more help, and went back to the grist mill trying to rebuild our practice. As I listened to our prospective client from the chair behind my desk, I began to wonder why I am not fishing off the deck of a gleaming motor yacht somewhere in the Lesser Antilles. I don't know how they could possibly think I killed him, she says. Emma Brower is 63, has never married, and has no children. She has disheveled brown-graying hair and a face like a pedigreed bulldog, which is etched with lines of worry that allow even the casual observer to suspect that this is not the first time she's fallen victim to anxiety.